It was frankly authentic connection with other humans. If this is what I thought I wanted and now I don't want it, that's very scary. That intuitive feeling feels insane. Welcome to Venture Visionaries, where we uncover the stories that redefine success in leadership. I'm your host, Thomas Igeme, and today we're embarking on a journey that reshapes our understanding of what it means to lead and succeed. My guest today is Layla Williams, a visionary executive spiritual mentor and coach whose unique approach blends energetics, spirituality, and business. Layla's story is one of cultural richness, being born in the Dominican Republic to a diverse family before immigrating to the United States. And she brings over 20 years of experience in both corporate leadership and spiritual practice. Her mission is simple, to reconnect successful business leaders with their inner wisdom and authentic selves. I first met Layla during a leadership development program for emerging leaders of color at LinkedIn. Everybody in that cohort of up-and-comers was fantastic. But Layla's vibrancy, truth-speaking, and profound insights instantly resonated with me. And we became fast friends. So a couple of years later, when she mentioned that she was starting up this coaching business, I volunteered myself as an early client. And I'll be honest, I had a lot of respect for Layla's spirituality, but I wasn't expecting a lot of relevance um, to my life. You see, I'd already worked with a number of executive coaches at this point, and they all fit a similar bill. They were either ex-consultants or entrepreneurs themselves who represented very traditional paths in business and are now passing on what they knew. I wasn't quite clear how Layla's unique blend of corporate leadership and spiritual practice would feel relevant for me as I was kicking off my new DEI and leadership consulting business. But I wanted to be a good friend, so I signed up. And it was in that first coaching session that I truly began to understand the power of her approach. It was about halfway through our meeting. I was poring over my marketing strategy for the business and describing my frustration with the pace at which I was bringing on new clients when Leela interrupted me with a question that altered my entire perspective on success. What if you have done enough, Thomas? What if you are enough? Now, by that, Leila didn't mean that I somehow needed to throw away my goals or just be comfortable with the status quo. But she was questioning whether the work in front of me really wasn't becoming a different person in order to hit my goals, but learning to be more of who I already was as I entered the various doors of my life. This question opened a door to a transformative journey that challenged everything I knew about business and personal success. And I'll tell you, success is always multifactorial, but I don't believe it's pure coincidence that about a month into working on this new approach to showing up in the business world with Layla, TL Partners was able to close our first mid six-figure account. And so in this episode, Layla and I are going to dive into the heart of intuition in business, the struggle with imposter syndrome, and how embracing our authentic selves can unlock incredible growth. Layla is going to share her experiences and insights, offering a fresh perspective on navigating the complexities of today's business world with a blend of spirituality and practicality. So join us for a thought-provoking conversation that's not just about leadership in business, but about finding your true purpose and the power of being authentically you. 
What is Layla Rose coaching out there in the world to do? And how will the world be different because of it? We are out in the world helping people birth visions. The work is internally based. It is founded in who you are, your purpose, this calling that you have inside of you to start this startup. Leaders want to change something in the world. And so I deeply believe that that takes not only human logic, skill, knowing, education, whatever all the things are, it takes this connection within your heart, your soul, and your spirit in a different way. Most may not be comfortable in, familiar with, don't know how to access, but so many successful people, I read quotes about intuition and giving themselves space and they use Mm. words like luck. And so I know, and I've experienced it myself, so many leaders, founders, CEOs, tapping into this piece of them, tapping into this other unknown, like an idea just came to me, right? That is that connection to oneself in a very deep way. How has your intuition kind of merged with business basics, marketing, kind of the traditional business growth strategy? I don't have much of all the things that coaches are supposed to have. Funnels and freebies. And I think some of my things are even not working. (laughs) Mm. And so it's like, oh, how did I do this? I took action. I did some of the things. I have the coaching training. I obviously have the background and in my spirituality knowledge and experience, but the business pieces, there's so many missing. It's like, how did I become so successful? It was frankly authentic connection with other humans and doing some of the things I knew to do. I have a website. I mm. have offers. I have <laughs> those things like that, right? You know, even in my own experience, it's a balance of both. You need mm. both. You need mm. action, doing degrees, whatever maybe, and you also need that intuition piece of you. That kind of, as an example, I was part of an entrepreneur group, and they would allow you to sell in there when I first began. I didn't know what to sell. It was like the last time we were going to be able to put out an offer. And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to take a nap. Mm. (laughs) And so I took a nap. And then when I woke up, I said, you know what? I want to do this thing. I want to give out free consultations, you Mm. know, help people like with my work for free. 30 minutes, blah, blah, blah. I thought, okay, I probably will get 10. I woke up with that guidance, right? And then I took physical action. I actually trusted myself, took the action. I, in my mind, I felt like, okay, I may get 10 people. Mm. I got 54. It took me two months to go through all of those calls. And Mm. then I had a full roster of clients, which basically propelled my business to a whole new level. I knew to be in an entrepreneur group, right? I already had the coaching training. I had the expertise. Mm. I had these physical human things I needed, but that taking a nap and then trusting that idea and just going for it, trusting my intuition, seeing what happens, sounds fun, go. Mm. Between that I focus on mentoring, teaching, guiding, helping people discover because Mm. those are the nuggets that come in from whatever you want to call it, your higher self, God, universe, source, when you are open to it Mm. and then you actually follow through because we have many ideas. We have many intuitive hits that we just ignore many times. Both live Mm. together in me in a way 
that guides me. I consider myself a very logical, practical person. So sometimes what I want to do is so contrary to that. It feels insane. Mm. It feels crazy mm. all the time in my business. I'm like, that doesn't mm. even make any human sense to do. I just go for it. I'm like, well, if I fail, I fail. And that also takes a certain level of practice too. <laughs> <laughs> is the it the choosing to pause and actually just wait for the right answer to come to you? Is that the it that feels uncomfortable? Or is it that sometimes when the answer comes to you, it feels so crazy or extreme? You're like, why, why am I doing it? Or is it a mix of both? It's a little mix of both, but most, I feel like the highest guidance that I receive, and mind you, I've been on my spiritual journey for 24 years this month. It definitely takes practice to get to a level to really trust that inner voice. The most powerful ones are always the craziest ones. Do you have a story that you kind of feel comfortable sharing with us? Oh my God, absolutely. So it's the way that I actually got on my journey and path to launching mm. this business. It was, I think, 2018. Mm. And I had spent two years working hard. What at the time I thought was my dream role. My background is in technology, working in tech companies. And I had worked so hard to be in this diversity and inclusion group. And I spent two years volunteering, doing all the things, having all the conversations, all the corporate goodness that you physically... Mm. I have the offer in front of me. I'm ready. It's like, okay, it's time to say yes. They're like waiting for me and I can't do it. When I tell you my whole body, it was like, no. And then my intuition, I remember so specifically going down the elevator, walking down the hallway. And it's like a voice in my head was like, this is not it. I was mad because <laughs> this is what I thought I wanted. This is the team. This is the work. This is what I'm passionate mm. about. Now this inner deep feeling is like, absolutely no. And mm. I should have known because through the whole interview process, there was this pushing. You know, the world teaches us, go get your dreams. You got to work hard. You got to, she got to fight. It's this outside of your self-experience. So I did that. But I should have known better. The biggest and most wonderful things that have ever happened in my life have not needed that. There's evidence in our life that tells us how the universe truly works, how we receive, how we grab onto things, how we birth things into the world, how we essentially manifest our dreams. And most of the time, it's not this human hustle, bustle, struggle, push hard, work hard. I don't know if you ever heard when people say things like, if working hard is what gave you success and joy and all these things, then like waitresses and waiters and janitors <laughs> and mm. like, you know, would be bazillionaires, right? That's not the mm. way energy works. So for me, I should have known because I was pushing so hard to make this happen the whole two years and up to the interviews and everything. It was such a powerful moment where I say no, it means something, right? If this is what I thought I wanted and now I don't want it, that's very scary because then what? I said no. And this is the beautiful unfolding that I'm rewarded with. When I honored that feeling, that thought, that intuition, I was rewarded a month later by mm. finding the world of spiritual coaching. I didn't even know it existed. 
couple of years before that, a little bit more context, I had an executive coach that changed my life. I loved it. And I wanted to be a coach. And my sponsor actually talked me out of it. She's like, really? You want to deal with people's problems? I don't know. (laughs) But I didn't know that I could actually mix both things, right? Coaching and the Mm. spirit piece of myself that creates a more profound experience. Yes, mm. I can ask you powerful questions, but ooh, how about this piece of you too? How about this deep mm. spiritual sense of purpose and who you are and why you're here and these questions that you may have that add to your career and aspirations or entrepreneur aspirations, these visions that you have that you know you're here to birth, just a mm. deeper experience. So I didn't know that I could put both things together. And so literally a month later, I found it. I was like, okay, this is it. I went and got my coaching training, you know, five figure situation there, right? I wanted to Mm -hmm. do it. I wanted to make sure that I had those skills. I launched my business like eight months later, I believe. That moment led to all of that, all that reward. Mm. You know, you are a woman of color running your own business. I know that a number of your clients also identify with minoritized identities in all kinds. And one of the popular terms over the last probably decade, but especially in the last seven years, has been this idea of imposter syndrome. And this idea that, you know, minorities often will come into spaces and doubt themselves. How would you advise them to discern the difference between the two or or how do you think about that for yourself? I believe know and have experienced and have taught and seen in others. Intuition will enter your body as this deep knowing from you don't know where, right? It's like, you Mm. just know. I hate to use this example, but a lot of people experience this in relationships because I think Mm. we're so open to that side, that intuitive, tender heart side in relationships. Energy in life, trust their heart when it comes to picking a mate, but not a career Mm. sometimes, right? You got to be money, that structure. But you make crazy decisions when it becomes with love. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then we we act like, oh, you know, we're logical, we're practical, we're data driven, we're all these things. Most of the time we make decisions on intuition, gut and feelings with either you want to name it mm. as it. What I say about intuition is it's this deep knowingness, even if mm. it's just a little bit. And it makes you question yourself like, oh, should I trust that? Where did that come from? But it doesn't mm. come with a feeling. So my Mm. intuition always comes as this truth. Then the emotion comes after. If let's say you're making a choice and the thought of one decision gives you a lot of fear right when you think it, that's not really your intuition. It's more Mm. like washing the dishes and you just know you have to say no to that or whatever Mm. it may be. It just comes Mm. with knowingness without emotion. I even have situations where like I knew of some danger, but I wasn't scared. Mm. When there's a lot of emotion, it's usually not quite intuition. So when it comes Mm. to imposter syndrome, especially being a woman of color, I remember when I got one of these big tech jobs, I felt so unqualified because everyone around me was from Harvard and McKenzie and all Mm. these things. Mm. There is this moment where you have to wait, do I belong here? I belong here if I decide I belong here, if I behave like I belong here. But imposter syndrome is a real thing, especially in spaces where there aren't people that look 
being in tech, it's a thing. That's why I wanted to be in the diversity inclusion team, right? (laughs) It was a true problem I wanted to solve. And so I think they're almost two different things because your intuition, how you navigate that is a bit different than how Mm. you navigate this imposter syndrome guide and navigate that with rooting yourself back to who you are. It's almost like unsubscribing from the pieces of the world that tell you you're not enough. And you root yourself in in this energy of, I belong here. I'm here. Here's the great work that I do. Here's all the experiences that I have. So it's a bit of confidence, knowingness, connecting with your soul. When you are working with leaders from diverse backgrounds, are they key realizations that have proven most transformative for them? There are definitely differences when I coach someone of different background, diversity, ethnicity. And it's not that I I literally focus on people of color because I want to help people of color. A lot of the spiritual online business spaces are not of color. A lot of the leaders in this personal development space are not of color. I think not only do we not find ourselves at work, we don't find ourselves in the spaces that can help us develop Mm. and grow. You know, do these spaces understand the unique challenges that we have? I don't think that they always address that, especially because I'm in the world of not only personal development and I work with leaders, CEO, founders, but also I'm in this world of manifesting, creating. It's very much like, oh, you know, you have great thoughts and the law of attraction brings it to you. What about the Latin woman in America who has not much to, you know, like there's definitely Mm. systematical things that get in my way that don't Mm. the women that are founding and talking in these communities. It's so important to address those things. I think what comes out of these conversations with women of color or men of color, people of color, is that I, not only is your experience unique because of the world, but it's unique to your life experience. And how do we blend Mm. those two and help you? And I think what mostly comes out is that we have more work to do with our worthiness. There is something about the world telling you you're not loved and wanted that messes with your manifestation powers and your ability to birth things into the world. You're not accepted, Mm. that you're not supported, that there's something wrong with you. Even if you don't consciously know it, it shows up. My work is so rooted in finding the roots to that, that you may not even be aware Mm. of and pull it out and replace it with the truth that you are absolutely worthy without a degree, without a fancy school, without the right skin color, whatever that label may Mm. be. That is one of the biggest things that come out of working with my beautiful clients of color is worthiness. I always think about how so many statistics tell me that I make, you know, a Latin woman makes 47 cents to a white man's dollar or something. And I always think about Mm. that. And I'm like, well, not me. (laughs) I'm not subscribing to that energy. It's not that it's not true that the world, that's how it is. You have to unsubscribe to change it and root out those pieces that say you're not worthy, that you can't have things that you may not know are there that affect you and get in the way. And, you know, I think something that is so important is you hear my language because, you know, I speak in energy. I speak in like yeah. the mind, body, and soul to a different 
place because mm. I understand that that's what creates true deep transformation. I love the mm. you know the spiritual you know movement of the world about meditating and mindfulness and all these beautiful things. I don't know if they always go deep enough with educating mm. what it really means to make a decision to change and transform your mind, body, and soul to a different place. And this is why mm. I feel crazy a lot of the times because unsubscribing from the what is true about the world makes you feel crazy. Like, who am I? A mm. Latin girl, mostly poor. I was born in the Dominican Republic. Somehow my dad got us to America. I'm an immigrant. I don't have an Ivy League degree of any kind. I somehow got jobs in these big Silicon Valley tech companies, making more money than I ever thought I would make. And having all these things that don't make sense to how I was born. Like now I understand I have to consistently unsubscribe from what the world tells me of who I am, what's possible mm, for me. Mm. And so I help my clients do that because that's a big part of being a visionary. I mean, think about all the greats. Everybody thought they were crazy. That intuitive feeling feels insane. It requires you to really trust yourself. And so I really help people navigate that. With the influx of so many self-proclaimed coaches, platforms like TikTok and Instagram, how do you distinguish genuine expertise from mere influence? Mm. Do your homework. Understand mm. really what your needs are. Mm. Like what is it that you really need help with? There's such a variation of coaching. There's a coach for everything. And I think a lot of coaches aren't even coaches. They're consultants or I don't know. They just put themselves in that realm and that place. But you're right. Like anyone can wake up and become a coach. Transparency, I think, is really important when you look for a coach. See what kinds of things they're sharing, what they're talking about. But I think with all the noise, there's also this part of using your gut, right? The coaching industry itself, the first taste I ever got of it is supporting leaders and seeing my leaders have coaches, seeing how leaders I supported either got a coach because they wanted to grow or because they they needed to they needed to change some of their behaviors and improve <laughs> somebody some of else needed them to grow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So it was just interesting that my first understanding of coaching was like, oh, they're being changed in some way to improve their leadership. And so as I went into coaching, it did feel like a little uncomfortable to be in this space where it is oversaturated. I also think like we can't have enough coaches. I think mm. there's this genuine feeling in people of wanting to help. But this is why it's so important that you as a human being, for every reason under the sun, need to be connected to your intuition mm. so you can navigate it. But when I think about the whole coaching industry and the platform, I think the reason it's grown is because people have this huge desire to help. And how I have navigated that for myself is doing my homework. I read, you know, everything I can on the coach. I look up testimonials. I do a discovery call. I do all the things that I humanly know to do and then ultimately use my gut on how to hire someone. Mm. Technology plays a big part on that accessibility and how easy it is to get global audiences. So I think tech is making it more noisy. I'm curious if there are any kind of cool, fun 
innovative ways you found to connect either with your clients or potential clients or audience kind of enabled by tech that get you most excited? You know what's funny? It's, I actually feel like I'm becoming less technical. It is powerful to do your human homework. And then there's this piece about genuine connection. Like, do they offer free things where you can experience them? Something I am using some technology with is just offering more free things on Eventbrite or through my Zoom. Mm. But I, I feel like there's this shift in the world and in the coaching personal development space of deeper connection, more in-person events is actually mm. the way that I want to re-navigate my business and mm. connect with my potential clients is like, I want to get them away from Zoom, be with them in person. I want to have, yeah. I want to see their face and be in yeah. their energy. And I think that there's actually this movement of AI coaching, right? Having mm. a machine mm. tell you and help you, which, okay, <laughs> We're not doing that at Layla Rose. <laughs> okay. Um, as a whole, I think humans right now want more connection. Coming out of mm. the last three years of one being at home for a, almost, mm. what was it, like eight months or something, we just move on. Do we really take a moment to understand that that was actually a trauma? What were you missing? What were your needs? What happened that may still be affecting you? And so mm. one of the things I know that was harmed was connection. Yes, technology is amazing. I mean, I have clients in Dubai, the Philippines. It's amazing that I can connect with them through a screen and give them the love, support, coaching, mentoring that they need. I know that we are moving to a place of more depth and more connection with each other. Leila, I'm curious, when you think about your upbringing, your family of origin and your childhood, were there elements that showed up there? So I was born in the Dominican Republic to a mm. Dominican mother and an Arabic father. And I don't remember as a child having any gifts per se. I felt like I thought differently than others in some mm. way. I felt different. And I remember my mom always tells the story of when I was one years old, I was sleeping in my crib and I woke up at midnight out of nowhere, screaming bloody murder. It wasn't like mm. the normal baby, you know, you kind of, they fuss mm. and then they cry. I woke up in tears. What happened was, is that the, the same time she later found out that's when my grandfather and my dad and my grandmother got in a car accident and my grandfather died. My mom linked it together because she said, you and your grandfather, it, it was like a mm. whole different energy of love. And so through my life, there was always this advisor role that I was. People always came to me for advice, for consult, for understanding, for my opinion. I could also name that as leader. My dad tells the story about when I was five years old, he went to pick me up from kindergarten and I was on the table, like on one of the little tables, telling everybody what to do and not. <laughs> and I was like, and I remember as a child, actually always wanting to be different. You know, they had this student of the week in fourth grade and everybody's yeah. color was blue or red or pink. Then my favorite color was green because I didn't yeah. want the burgers and pizza was their favorite. So mine was soup, which was true. This was true. But I just had this sense of always wanting to be different, to help. How it birthed in me over time 
was almost a level of selfishness a little bit. I know that sounds like a weird twist. I wanted to be so different and I didn't understand why. But I I think intuitively, it was this piece of unsubscribing from the norm or what people are, what people say or what. Like, I always Mm. wanted to be different. I wanted to have a new route. I wanted to have a new way to do it. I remember in my Mm. 20s when I would in my corporate job, I'm like, okay, what's the best way to do this? I called it, you know, Layla must find a different way and a better way to do everything. Right? It cannot be like anyone else. This might be my astrology with Leo and Scorpio (laughs) placements. Who knows? The day that I decided I'm going to be an executive spiritual coach and mentor, guide, healer. However, I realized that my whole life prepared me to be this, to have this title, to do this work. I feel like everything that happened, everything I am, all the experience with corporations and leaders... And then when I launched my business, all my clients just were leaders. They were the mm. same kind of people, just deeper places we were going than, you know, being in a corporation. You know, mm. after coming out of what I thought was my dream job, I felt such levels of purpose and guidance and truth in that moment that I was exactly where I needed to be. What does it look like for you to have healthy boundaries with your own mental, emotional, and spiritual health? And what are the places that you go to replenish where you're kind of feeling drained by the work? Being with clients doesn't drain me because I understand energetics. When I'm with clients, I understand that as an empath, which I consider myself an empath, it doesn't serve anyone to take on anything. Mm. It doesn't Mm. even help the person. So the way that I hold space in that conversation is not this, I want to save you energy. I want to empower you to understand yourself in such a deep level that you get through this and you come out on the other side, more empowered, knowing yourself better, so deeply into your truth and who you are. I Mm. am a conduit to assist Mm. a person in getting to their most authentic self, like spirit, whatever they need. There's no judgment. Mm. There's no feeling sorry for them. There's no trying to save them. There's so many things that biases go on. The business pieces drain me. Mm. Writing emails, setting up funnels that I still Mm. haven't done anything with. So Mm. there's Mm. business pieces that aren't so fun. I have to balance how much of that I do. And how I Mm. replenish myself is... You know, I just give myself a lot of space. And what that really means is this moments where I'm not doing much. I'm not thinking about anything deeply. I'm not doing anything for any specific reason. 20 minutes of space every day is pretty much what I need. And that could be Mm. sitting there, writing something, or it just could be anything where I'm not deeply doing. I'm not sure how to say this. From my corporate career experience, I've been connected Mm. enough to individuals who experience top level tech CEOs. And and Mm. I will tell you, their calendars, their schedules have a lot of space. When I learned that, because I've heard it more than once, I was like, that makes sense. It doesn't matter what you name the things that I in the spiritual world community beliefs name. I don't even care what you call what you call, but it's so important that you understand. I have Googled quotes of successful people 
talking about intuition, Mm. talking about Mm. giving themselves time and space. They use different wording. And it's very interesting that the narrative of hustle, work hard is still so culturally circulating. Mm. When top leader, successful people, I'm not against working a lot because I work a lot, but I don't believe in hard work. I believe mm. when we name hard work, it's it's it just feels like when I think of the word even hard, right? It's it doesn't move, it doesn't bend, it's uncomfortable, it's not good. When I work, quote unquote, in my business, it doesn't feel like work necessarily. It feels like part of my life. I mm. take my kids to school and then I send some emails and then mm. I have a client and then I cook dinner. Mm. There's this fluidity and it's it's so important how you name things. I've read quotes from Jeff Bezos. I've heard quotes from Steve Jobs. There's even one from Albert Einstein about intuition. It's just very interesting to see how these incredible people who've done incredible things understand this piece of how spaciousness mm. I can help. I even identify these moments because it happens to a lot of us. When you are doing things like, I call it being in neutral when mm. you are driving. And this is why mm. when you take a shower, you know, the famous shower ideas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. These are moments where you're not actively thinking about anything. You are in neutral. You are open to receive, even if you name it, you're, you're open. Like, let's say you're not spiritual. You don't believe in these things. Okay. Then your brain had the moment. Your subconscious, mm. something in your brain was able to get through because you weren't trying to solve a problem. You know how they say sleep mm. on your brain, then you wake mm. up with the answer. Okay. That's the thing about my coaching too, is that what you believe in doesn't get in the way of how I can help because it doesn't matter. Mm. I don't want to say that what you believe in doesn't matter. What I mean is no matter your faith, your culture, you know, whatever you, you believe in, essentially, we can work with that. Mm. To get you to the place of transformation in a way where you receive these ideas, where you birth these visions, where you understand your purpose in your life in a deeper, better way. I love it. Is there anything that you felt you wanted to share with our audience coming in that I've not asked the right question for you to get to? I feel that the reason I have this business, Layla Rose Coaching, is that I really want to help people understand and not even understand. I want them to know how incredibly powerful they are, how they are more than the flesh and brain. And those desires, those dreams, those visions they want to put out into the world are there for a reason. And they are being called. They know they're meant to change the world because they are. And you have this work, this beautiful thing to birth. I want to help people trust that. Trust it and trust it and trust it and know it's true and know it's meant for you. Know because then the actions come so much easier. And it's important for me to do this because that's my soul's work. Now it's time for our recurring segment, Spoken Stories, 
where we get to hear from some of the people behind the business. In this week's episode, I wanted to talk to two people who are long-term clients of Layla to understand a little bit more about her impact on their business and why they still are coming to her for guidance. Here's what they had to say. Hi, my name is Marie. I've been working with Layla for a couple of years, and I've had too many transformative experiences to share just one. But one of the things I love about working with Layla is that she has the ability to cut through the noise and help us stay focused on the healing work that needs to be done in order to shift energy to meet our goals. She always says, I'm not your guru. I'm teaching you to be your own guru. And I am so appreciative of Layla and the work we've done together. Hi, I'm Monica Workman, and I have known and worked with Layla for probably over a decade now. I really, truly enjoy just her energy. I can come to her with so many different thoughts and just chaos in my mind, and I leave her sessions just feeling totally calm, at peace, with clarity, and with a real clear idea of where I want my life to go, what I want my business to look like. Um, it's been a joy working with her, her personality, her enthusiasm and passion for what she does really shines through. I appreciate her for all that she does mm-hmm. and all that she pours into, into me and all other women. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Venture Visionaries. As I leave you, my question for you is the same as Layla's question for me in that first session we ever had. What if you have done enough? What if you are enough? My greatest hope for you, especially as we go into this holiday season and you meet with family and reconnect, whether that is a feeling of deep joy or stress in your life, that you would feel grounded in the truth that you are enough. Not perfect, not had it all together, not even perhaps as accomplished as you would like, but certainly enough to deserve peace, to deserve connection, and to deserve all the joy that this life has to offer. Have a great holiday, folks. I'll see you in the new year. <laughs>